Good morning. It's great to see all of you today. Boy, uh, what a greeting you probably got. If you got here a little early, you got a pretty cool shout-out greeting from uh, some of the folks here at this church. And I know that, you know, it's like, wow, that was totally inappropriate, having all those people yelling and screaming at me when I come in the door and cheering me, and that just doesn't seem really all that, you know, biblical. But let me just say, every one of the epistles of the Apostle Paul start out with grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. They just kind of start off with this whole idea of um, that God's really glad you're here. I mean, he really is. He's excited that you're here and that you're, you're um, just uh, going to experience his presence. Uh, before we get started, um, I, we have been looking over the last couple of weeks on this issue of reimagining our future. And, and you guys have really, I just want to salute you, you guys have allowed me to talk in a way like questioning faith, questioning some of the things that we understand about Scripture and some of the things that we doubt um, that we have. And, and you guys let me do that. And you were willing to talk about about pain, to talk about adversity and the difficulty that we have with those different things. So, you know, I, I, is it okay to give yourself a cheer in, in church? Yeah, I guess it is. Give yourself a cheer. I mean, seriously. I, I really think that's cool that you guys are able to, you know, be open to talk and learn things that way. Um, so it kind of led me where I am today is in my own personal life. And, and as I was looking at where do we go from there? I, what do we hold on to? Or, you know, and, and it started making me think about handshakes. Now, I know, you know, we need Bible verse, you know, where a prophet of God sees this, you know, sees two hands shaking hands, you know. I mean, it doesn't sound like a real biblical vision. Uh, but it started getting me thinking about, about how we shake hands. And, and I think I talked to you a couple weeks ago that, whenever I interact with, with uh, maybe a black gentleman that, you know, that I, I kind of don't know because of cultural differences how to shake hands. And, it, you know, he may want to go into something a little bit more elaborate than this white guy is able to pull off. And so, so I got, would get all confused about how to shake hands. And, um, and it's not just style. It's got handshakes has got something to say about relationship. It's got something to say about where you are culturally and all. And like, for instance, when we told you to turn around and say hi to somebody, you greeted each other. And you greeted your, each other with a, a level of greeting that maybe you were comfortable with, maybe you just kind of gave the, you know, a little bit of a wave way because you're afraid of the flu. Maybe you, you, you know, did a handshake. Maybe you really weren't sure what you were supposed to do. So you just kind of didn't do anything. And, and so um, I, I just want to show you that this is a real, a real thing, this difficulty of interacting and, and how to greet and all that. And, and we're going to use this to talk about our relationship with God. But I, I wanted to show you that I'm not the only person that's crazy about this handshake stuff. A lot of times when Noah and I are out in public and we're meeting new people or it's a supporter will come up, you know, the handshake is just a little off sometimes. Agreed. And it's not because anything wrong with the person. And different places in the U.S. have different handshakes and all around the world too. And then, nah, nah. So like, I'm always trying to do like something cool and then people just, let's just get to the video. Different types of handshakes. Let's get it. Ah. The normal professional handshake. White people. The dap. 
the dap hug, the fist bump, people from LA, the high five, the wet noodle, ugh. the aggressive guy, two aggressive people, the dive bomb, the over under, when you don't get a good grip, the funny guy, after a soccer game, but you got beef with the player. When you go for the fist, but they go for something else. The partial dap. When you miss. The hand hug. When it's awkward. When you're standing next to someone and accidentally touch their hand. The guy with the sweaty hands. Ugh. The double pound fist bump. The drug deal. The overly eager business guy. The dead fish. The bone crunch. The brotherhood handshake. The queen's fingertips. When you get left hanging. Rocket power. The elaborate choreographed handshake that you do with your best friend. The forearm grip. How world leaders shake hands. Okay, see, so I'm not the only one who's got issues with this whole handshaking thing, and I just wanted to get that out in the open. But now most of you are just, like, anxious. I, I don't know how to do this from this point forward. But, you know, the reason why this came up is because we saw Abraham travel in this journey. We saw Al, Abraham take risk. We saw him... Uh, we saw him mess up. We saw him make mistakes in his marriage. We saw him um, have wars with other people. We saw him make compromise. And, and so as we're coming out of it, I'm kind of like, well, where does Abraham stand with God? I mean, why is Abraham kind of like this Bible hero if we just journeyed through eight weeks of looking at him wrestling with what God was telling him to do? What, was, how, what does his relationship look like? Uh, and then we get something that comes to us out of James chapter 2, verse 23, that tells us what is it that Abraham really had between him and God. And we're told Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. It's like, he was a friend of God. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I didn't know that was possible. I mean, I, I totally understood that I am a a creature of God, so God created me. I can kind of grab, my, grab a hold of that. And I also uh, understand that I'm part of the people of God at large on the planet, part of the church, that I'm part of the people of God. I, I also realize that I'm a servant of God. That's part of who I am. It connects me with, with God and what I'm supposed to be doing for God on, on planet Earth. And then um, that I'm his child. Now, that's, that sounds really good, to be somebody's child. And um, but it, it's interesting that you can be somebody's child, but not necessarily go to this next level of relationship with them. And that's the idea of being a, f a friend. Because if you have a 15-year-old to 17-year-old, you know how difficult it is to be a friend of that child. 
You, you remember what it was like when you were 15 and seven, to 17 with your parents, you know? But to have friendship with God, that God is your friend. I mean, that's a... And, and, and that's interesting that James, of all the descriptions he could have said about Abraham... You know, that Abraham was a holy man, and that Abraham was, you know, whatever. I mean, going on about that he did great things, right? He said, no, what can I say about Abraham that pertains to him believing God? You know, what, what does God think about a person who believes what God has promised? And it's like, huh, yeah, no, there's a lot of children who don't believe their parents, there's a lot of people that don't believe in the governance of their country. There's a lot of creatures that don't have interaction with its creator. It's like, what would we call that? We'll, we'll call that a friend, that he had a friendship with God. And so as I began to look at that, it was like, um, I began to think about what kind of handshake would God and Abraham have if they were here today? I mean, what, what would it be like if they were, if I was to invite God up on the stage, come on, God, come on up, Abraham, come on up, and they hadn't seen each other in a week, what would they do? Would, 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 they, would they just like dap? Would they, uh, would they high five? What would they do? Or would they go through this incredibly choreographed handshake, you know? And because here's the thing about the choreographed handshake. That means that, you know, those two guys up there, they practice that. So there was a lot, of, a lot of this going on. They had to allow each other to invade each other's personal space. There was some rehearsing going on, and, and, but there was, they had to develop that handshake to the point where when you look at them from the outside, you're like, wow, these guys are so choreographed, so in one, so in sync, that, but that comes as a result of friendship. And so I can imagine how Abraham and God would handshake. But let me ask you, and just put the seed into your brain, uh, what would your handshake with God look like? Which one of those representations kind of would represent how close you and God are? And maybe just kind of think about that over the next 20 minutes that we'll spend together, that that kind of will be the, the takeaway or the kind of the deciding moment part of what we're talking about. But let's get back to the handshake, because I really do think there's something there. Um, I want you to see a verse that comes out of Hebrews 10, and it kind of correlates with a verse that comes out of Romans that talks about Abraham and God's relationship, about him believing God and being a friend of, of God. And, um, and so this verse kind of echoes that relationship between Abraham and God. But I, I love what it says. It says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. When I looked at that, what I saw was a handshake. Matter of fact, I actually saw three handshakes in this. Uh, but I was, when I was looking at it, it was because it's this like interaction between two people that I've been told that are friends, and, and each of them is sticking their hand out. Like person A in this verse would be Abraham. And that's the first part of the verse. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. That's what Abraham puts out. Well, person B, who's God in this verse, he puts out his hand, for he who promised is faithful. But here's the interesting thing about this, is that technically person B was the one that put their hand out first. Because the promise precedes the belief. So, for every one of us, God is here through his unmerited grace 
sticking his hand out to shake hands with us. He's always the one that is prior. He's always the first one to put his hand out in relationship and to establish connection with us. But there's this handshake going on, and, and what I saw was three handshakes, or you could say it's three kind of levels of handshake that go on in this um, verse. The first one is this. He says, let us and he. So from, the, from our side, person A, he says, let us. From person B, he said he, the one who promised. See, I think we need to know who we're shaking hands with. Or what are we, what are we shaking? I mean, really, I mean, it's like, are we, are we shaking hands with religion every Sunday morning? Are we shaking hands with ethics? And ethics are a good thing. Or are we shaking hands with morality? That, that's my relationship with God. It's a, a moral um, agreement that I have with God, that I, I'm shaking hands with, you know, is, is what I'm shaking hands with is Sunday morning. Is what I'm shaking hands with Crosstown. You know, I said it in the other service, and I, I really do mean it. I don't want to sound extreme, but we will never print a shirt that says, I love my church. We, we may make a shirt that says, my, my church is wicked awesome, but, uh, but we'll, we'll, we won't make one that says, I love my church. Why? It's because I want you to shake hands with God. Okay? I want, I want, you, to, I want you to love him. And then we'll love each other as we're going along here. I, I don't want you coming to church and, and shaking hands with me. You know, I mean, not that I'm saying I don't want to shake your hand. But a lot of people will go to church, particularly in the Bible Belt, and they'll decide they're not going back. Why? That pastor didn't shake my hand when I was walking out the door. He didn't shake my hand. And it's like, well, what, what are we doing? What, what are, that's not our agreement with God. Our, our agreement with God is our interaction with him. You're shaking hands with him. Not our agreement with whether or not the music's too loud or not, or whether it's too progressive or not, or whether it was clever or not in the sermon, or whether I agreed with everything the pastor talked about. No, it's like, are we shaking hands with God, not religion? So that's an important handshake to figure out who, who you're shaking hands with. Then there's the other one, the, the second shake. It's the, it's the hold fast of person A and the promise of person B. So I like the whole fasting because it really does sound like we got something strong going on here. But it's the idea of God offers us promises, but in the handshake, God's like, listen, I'm promising you eternal life. I'm, I'm promising you hope. I'm promising you healing. I'm promising you a lot of things. And, and God has his hand out, and it's like, okay, but I'm, I'm going to need you to take a hold of my hand here. I'm going to need you to grip this. But here's the promise, and the promise is here today for every single one of us. God is holding out his hand, and he's like, here's the promise. Towards the end of Jesus' life, he's approaching Jerusalem, and as he's approaching Jerusalem, he kind of has a moment. I think the disciples are, are wondering what's going on with him, if, you know. And he's, he's like looking into the city of Jerusalem, and he, and he begins to weep. And he just kind of says out loud, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem how you have killed the prophets. I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. In another place, he said, it's like I have a hand stuck out to a stiff-necked people. It's like, here's my promises. Here's my promise. Here's my word. Here's my commitment to you. Is, here it is, the promise. 
but you're just not, not going to take my hand, are you? We're not going to walk in agreement about what, how life is supposed to be lived and walk it together. You're not going to take my hand and shake. And for a lot of us, we got to, you know, it's time for us to hold fast. Hold fast to what, you know? Um, hold fast to the promises of God. That's what we hold fast to. And then there's the third thing. It talks about holding fast and this confession. And, and, and person A brings the handshake of hope. And person B, which is God, brings the, the handshake of faithfulness. Meaning that my expectation, here's what I expect, God, because of what you've promised, God. So it's a handshake between my hope and expectation and God's faithfulness to deliver what he said he would deliver. And, and that's what Abraham and God are shaking over. He's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not shaking hands. I'm shaking with my friend, with my God, with the one. I'm holding fast to his promise. I'm holding fast to, to what he's given me. I am, I am going to uh, hope in his dependency. I mean, that he is depend, uh, not dependent, but he is faithful to give me everything that he has promised, that he is dependable in my life. So, again, let me ask you the all-important question for today. So what's your handshake look like with God? I mean, what, what, what's, what's it like? Because this is not just a casual handshake between God and Abraham. Um, and, and let me show you why. It's kind of wrapped up in this whole idea of hold fast to the confession. And um, when we hear the word confession, we tend, if you were raised Catholic, immediately you're thinking of a black box that you go into and there's a priest in there and then you confess your sins to him. Um, it, it just doesn't even sound right saying it, but, uh, but there's, you, know, you go in there and you confess your sins. For some of us, we hear the word confession and maybe we're from a traditional church background. Well, then what he's referring to here is creeds and catechism and those kinds of things and prayer books and, and that. Uh, Maybe if you're not from either one of those and, and you're a thief, maybe confession may mean that you got caught. And that confession means that you're now in front of a judge. But it's a far more intimate idea. It's, 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 it's really different. It's kind of a different handshake of intimacy. L let me just give you this example. You're with somebody today, maybe you came with somebody that's a friend of yours or somebody you're married to, whatever. Um, Let's do this. Let's, um, now, you can, they're next to you, and can I ask you to go ahead and just, like, shake hands with them? Okay, you know, don't be worried about the coronavirus or anything yet. We'll, you know, if that happens, we'll, we'll deal with it then, but just go ahead. And, all right. Uh, all right. Um, now, with the person that you're with, I'm not expecting you to go beyond who you're with, but uh, can you just now hold hands with that person? Okay. Can you hold hands with that person? Yeah, kind of got a little different, didn't it? Got a little different than a handshake. Same hands. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Can you do this together? Okay, now, yeah, now you're, now you're in a different place, aren't you? Okay, this is, a, this is a different place. You know what's absolutely amazing? Okay, you can undo it now. Um, you know what's amazing? Same two hands, same two hands moving closer together and then interlocking together, change the whole atmosphere, the comfortability of it, the relationship of it, you know, it, it changes, and it's amazing. 
And so you and I can be talking about the same God, we can be talking about the same religion, the same Christianity, but for some of us, we're just dapping God. For some of us, we're just high-fiving God. But then there's somebody like Abraham who was a friend of God, and he's just like this with God. That's what God, that's where God wants us to be. When I come home and uh, my sweet wife is there or she comes home from work and I'm there, you know, when she walks in the door, I, I don't go up to her and say, Madam, how are you? It's good to see you. Or shake her hand a whole lot like that. And, and you know, I don't, I don't do any of that. Um, we don't dap, you know, slap, jack, whatever it is. We, we don't do any of that. Only because we just don't know how to do it. Um, we don't do any of that. But what usually happens with my wife is that she'll come in the door, she'll drop her purse, and she'll say something. This is really where I live. And, and uh, she'll say, where's my honey? And so, I, uh, and so I'll be like, here I am. And it really goes like this. Hey, when you get an empty nesting, it, it rocks, okay? They're cute little kids, but when they're gone, you're thinking, I can't imagine life without my kids. Start imagining, baby. It's, it's all kinds of right. Uh, so I digress. But what happens is Susan will do this, and I will do this. We'll interlock hands. We turn them down like this. It pulls us close, and we kiss each other, okay? Now, you don't want me doing that with you, okay? Because there's, there's a boundary here. But there's an interlocking that God does want with you. There's a handshake, a closeness that he wants to have with you. Here's, here's where this idea kind of emerges. He says in this verse, I mean, he talks about hold fast the confession, and it comes from, and I don't like throwing out a lot of Greek words, but this one's pretty cool. It's um, uh, homologia. Homologia, meaning one of, one, of a kind, of, of a certain kind, and this idea of word or an idea or a thought or a reason, or a logic. So we got this logo idea, and then we've got this prefix saying homo of the same kind. And so what that is, is we're not in relationship with God where I have an idea where my life should go, and God's got an idea where my life should go, and that we try to get along and we cooperate as long as we high-five it, and when every Sunday I high-five over my life, it's like, no, it's homologia. It's, it's when the grass becomes, these are not two hands anymore. All of a sudden, there's such a unification of will here and intimacy that that's where everything happens. This is where God wants all of us to be in relationship with him when we are locked together. That confession is not just a statement of belief. It is a point of agreement. It's, it's being joined together. This is more than just an agreement on conservative values or an intellectual assent to the existence of God. Can you see? Oh, I believe in God. And some of you ladies, you know, you date a guy and you're like, well, you got to make sure he's a Christian. So you ask him, do you believe in God? And he high fives your, yeah, your question and you're good and you're on your way. Do you go to church? <laughs> Slap him, bump, fist pump. Oh, yeah, I go to church. Oh, that's why I always tell any young woman, any old woman, doesn't matter how old you are. But if you're dating a guy and you want to just sort it out real fast, you ask him, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. And you're like, why would you do that? You're going to scare him off. It's like, well, you want to find out if he's high-fiving Jesus or, or if he's, he's like this. See, believing in God is high-five. 
but believing in Jesus and him being Lord of your life and, and doing this, that's, that's some serious stuff, you know? But you find out real quick from the handshake. So this is more than being born Jewish. It's more than being born going to church or being a pastor's kid or being a pastor or whatever religious activity we do. This is, this is about joining will with God, that we walk with the same word or ideas about life with God. A true confession holds on in agreement with God and with his word. That's, that's, that's where it happens. Um, and not only does this grip the best way to communicate value and connectiveness, but when you're joined together like that, there's protection in, in it with, with God. Do you guys remember a Red Rover, Red Rover? Send Susie right over. And remember, it got outlawed in the state of South Carolina or something like that in public schools. I get it. Because if, you know, all of a sudden you have people interlocking like this, well, then they're popping their shoulders out every time Johnny gets sent over and, and, and Johnny plays linebacker for the high school football team. And all of a sudden, you know, he just, these two people are locked together and, and their shoulders are popping out. But there's something about being locked together because when you're locked together with God, life is going to send Red Rover is going to send something over. And you don't get to choose whether it's the smallest kid or the biggest kid. Life sends you what it sends you. And you don't get to pick. You don't get to pick what kind of cancer. You don't get to pick what kind of accident. You don't get to pick what kind of economy or government that you're born into. You don't get to pick the color of your skin. You don't get to pick all that. Life just has a way of that's what's coming at you. It's like, and, and unless you have a strong, intimate, will-bound-to-will agreement and relationship with God, you'll find that when something gets sent your way, it's like, boom. And you probably noticed that my face was really red if you saw me up close. And, um, uh, you know, it's just got some basal cancer stuff that the doctor actually said, well, you've got three spots where you'd probably need surgery. And we take the skin from your butt so you would end up with more butt than face by the time we were finished with. <laughs> some of you already think that about me. But um, so the, the idea is to put this cream on and it will kind of burn off all this, this stuff. And I'll look terrible in about a day or so. And uh, some of you are like, dude, you already look terrible. But no. Um, and, and, and somebody said to me, he's like, dude, man, you got your back, you got that, your church floods. Man, how do you do it? It's, it's like, I was like, well, first of all, this isn't really a bad, it just looks bad. It's not really a bad thing, you know? And, and, um, but I've learned, you know, and I don't want any more adversity, but I have learned that a really good grip with God does change how the game of Red Rover, Red Rover turns out. You know, and being close to God in friendship with God, that no matter the adversity, that there's just something about being bound together with God that prepares you for everything. Um, and you say, well, you know, this is, this is kind of a cool illustration, but, you know, you know let, me, let me just read you a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The disciples were asked by Jesus, Jesus asked this question, who do people say that I am? So he asked his disciples, what do all those folks out there think about me? What, what do they say? Basically, if I was walking in the crowd, how would they shake my hand? Would they shake my hand? 
Would, would they pull some funny stuff? Would they leave me hanging? Would they fist pump? Would they, would you, would you, and so they gave an answer. Um, who do the people say that I, the son of man is? And they said, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he said to them, who do you say that I am? It's like, yeah, you know, some of the folks out there, they think you're like, you're really cool like John the Baptist. And, and you know, they kind of identify with you like John the Baptist and, or like Elijah. Some of you think you're one of the prophets. We're not really sure, but you're kind of like a cool guy who knows a lot of religious stuff and, and God's working through his life. Um, some of you think that you're just, you're a good teacher. You're a role model. You're not really the son of God that I should be following, that I should do anything that your word says, but you're an example for me of how to be a good person. And so they give you the, the good person handshake, Jesus. And Jesus says, okay, I can't control what they think about me. So he asks his disciples, and I believe he's asking every one of us today, but who do you say that I am? How do we shake hands? What's it like? Are, are, how are we interacting? If I brought God back up, let's say as the second person of the Trinity, if I brought Jesus up and you came up, and he already knows what kind of relationship he has with you, so he defaults to your handshake. He knows how, how embarrassed you get, you know, if people cheer for you when you walk in, or he doesn't want to put up, you know, doesn't want to embarrass you. If you came up right now and you walked in the middle of the stage, how would this go down? What would it look like? Would it be uh, an awkward bump up against each other, your knuckles hit and you got uncomfortable? Would it be a fist pump? Would it be a high five? Or would all of a sudden you two look at each other and you're doing this you know, hopscotch thing and see, oh, man, I can't, cannot do that. Um, but all of a sudden you're jumping up and bumping chests off each other and laughing and then all of a sudden forget that everybody else is here and then turn to the crowd. What would it be like? You know the answer to the question. Here's the thing. Maybe you didn't think God wanted an answer from you on it. Jesus turns to the disciples and says, but who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter answers in the middle of the quietness like this. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It's like, oh, Peter, you're going to put it out there. I mean, you're just like going for the big grip. I mean, you're just going to take all the guesswork out of it. You're going right for son of God, Messiah, the Christ, second person, the Trinity creator. I mean, all the implications of what he's saying is, is kind of, it's all implied there. He's like, dude you, dude, you went really far. We just met him two years ago. It's like, no, I made up my mind. This is how I'm shaking, this is how I'm shaking Jesus' hand. And if you don't think that was important to Jesus, listen to what Jesus says to him. Blessed are you, son of Bar, Bar, uh, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, that's a handshake that brings blessings. That's a handshake that gets the notice of God. Have you ever shake, shook hands with somebody? And it's usually like an older gentleman would say, that's a good handshake, young man. You know, like, that's, I like a good handshake. And Jesus is saying, Peter, 
dude, you hurt my hand, man. You, you really want to go this far? He goes, yeah, I want to go this far. You're the Lord, you're the Christ. He's like, that's blessed right there. It's like, I don't know what else the rest of the church people are doing, but that's what the Father is revealing to his people. Is that, that's the handshake. That's it right there. And then he continues and he says, I say to you, Peter, that upon this rock I will build my church. It's like, I don't know, there's a lot of controversy over what Jesus means there, but I, I, it's like when you make a rock solid confession about, about who Jesus is in your life, when you take this stone and this stone and you put them together, interlocked together, we call that a rock. I mean, that is a rock. When God offers you a promise and you hold fast to it, we got ourselves a rock. And Jesus says, I can build my church on this kind of agreement with me. I can work with this kind of marriage. I can work with these kinds of kids. I can work with this kind of church. I can work with this kind of society that it will join intimately in agreement, not this high five Jesus stuff on Sunday morning, but this kind of interlocked will with will joined together. He's like, yeah. And I love what else he says about it. He says, upon this rock I will build my church in the gates of hell. It will red rover you, red rover you, red rover you, but nothing's getting through you. I will give you the keys of heaven, and, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I don't understand all that loosening and binding, but all I can tell you is that a solid agreement with God, walking interlocked with God, looses the power of heaven in an earthly life. Which one of us doesn't want that? And, and Jesus says, this is what happens. Like, dude, you stuck your hand out there. You, you got radical. And people say, well, what's wrong with the Church of America today? We're high-fiving Jesus with lattes and stupid T-shirts. You know? I mean, I'm all for lattes. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a latteholic. Um, I'm a, uh, I like T-shirts as much as the next, guys, the next guy. But, you know, if we're not interlocked with the will of God, the Father, then we're shaking hands with the wrong thing. It's not whether or not you shake hands with me or shake hands with Crosstown. Um, it's about, are you interlocked with the will of God for your life? Because the world's going to try to get you to shake, you know, real quick. Hey, let's agree on this, right? right? This, we're in agreement. It's like, oh, hold on now. I ain't, I ain't shaking to that. And it's like, why? Because my hand's already shook over here. I'm holding fast to the will of God in my life. Not Peter, what a grip. Uh, a grip that would remain strong in the face of all hell breaking loose. It was a grip that unlocked heaven in Peter's life. It was a grip that restored relationships. It was a, it was a grip that even in the face of denial, that Peter denies Jesus three times, Peter comes back to Jesus after the worst mistake that we could probably imagine. In the face of Jesus, I never knew him. I never knew him. I'm not one of his disciples. And he comes back to Jesus. Why does he come back to Jesus? Because his hand is locked. And we all waver. It's, it's, realize that we all waver, but it's like this. 
we waver like a jet skier behind a boat. We're going back and forth over the waves and catching some air, and then we come back again and we waver and we're swinging to and fro. But you know what? That grip on that straight line to that boat determines, even in the midst of all the swerving and wavering, we still have a strong grip. And that's what the Apostle Peter had. That even in the middle of his doubting and his denial, he's like, you know, that wave got me, but I am not letting go of this boat. So what's your handshake today? What's your, what's your grip look like? Are you in agreement with God is your will intertwined with this? Do you have the kind of grip on God that can bring heaven to earth? Maybe you're sick of coming to church every Sunday. <laughs> you don't think I get sick of it? I mean, it's like if I'm coming to church every Sunday and I'm not grabbing a hold of something bigger than myself, something that can, tra- you know, can transform my life, something that can break the power of hell and bring the power of heaven, why are we doing this? Let us eat, drink, and watch football, for tomorrow we die, the Apostle Paul said. (laughs) So it's time for us to grab a hold of God. I mean, really grab a hold. No no more high-fiving. No more. That doesn't get the keys. That doesn't get the power. That doesn't get the strength and the protection that heaven wants to offer. It's not that it's my grip with Jesus that... Over the last six, seven months, I have failed so many times. I have doubted him over and over again. I have complained endlessly to him. And you say, but would he still call you a friend? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're friends. You say, why? Because I, he hasn't let me go. And since I never felt his hand open, I never let go of his. And maybe during most of it, I thought I was holding on, but he just had a strong grip on me, and our, our hands were just interlocked, and that whole time he just had me. So let me encourage you, wherever you are right now, we're going to do, do communion. We're going to do one more song. We're going to do a time of prayer where you can, and I know you could just walk out the door and you could say, well, you know, that's a good church. I like it. It's not as good as Seacoast. Uh, it's not as good as Awaken. It's not as good as Northwoods or, any of the, uh, or Grace on the Ashley or any of the great churches in this town. But we're not here to get you to shake hands with us. We want you to shake hands with God the Father. I mean, that's what God, everything's about. You two shaking hands together with God. So let me encourage you. When you come and receive the bread and the cup that you've done a thousand times before, maybe could it be a little different today? It's like, God, I am shaking hands. You're holding out the promise. I am taking hold of the promise um, because I am now joining in agreement with you for my life, with your promises, with your word. Father, as we enter into this moment with you, nobody can force us into this moment. And only you know how this handshake is really going down. We all may be using hands, and we all may be using the name Jesus, and we all may be at church, and we may be all using God, the name, and we may all have belief, but that doesn't mean that we're really just interlocking our wills with yours. 
that you are Lord of my life. That you are friend, friend of my life. But today, Lord God, no more high fives. Today, I reach out. You are the Son of God. You are the Christ, the Holy One of God. And I join my life to yours. I join my hope to your promises, and I hold fast because of your compassion and your spirit. Let me invite you into this moment because Red Rover, Red Rover is not going away, but strength can be here to stay through our agreement with God.